have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Hollywood RX. Your insatiably irreverent and sometimes irrelevant take on the movies. <laughs> <laughs> the doctors are in. With me as always, Dr. Adam I'm here. And this week, we are taking on the Ghostbusters. Since I started last time, we'll let Adam start this time. Oh no, completely unprepared for my quick take. Um, <laughs> my my quick take is that um, it made me, watching uh, this reboot of Ghostbusters made me long for um, Independence Day resurgence. The subtlety and careful nuance of Independence Day resurgence made me nostalgic for the days when... Uh, no, I, uh, I did not care for this movie in a tremendous way. I'm sorry, say that again, you what? I did not care for Ghostbusters in a tremendous way. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Um, but I'll be happy to hear... I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, you know what? I was... Uh, I found myself mildly amused at best... Uh huh, and to be honest, um, I thought I thought that uh, in terms of sensibility, tone, and level of humor, it is so consistent with the previous two Ghostbusters that it's almost it's almost this this, this it's almost as if time time never relaxed. <laughs> now hang on a second. What were the what were the elements that were consistent? I heard tone that landed. What were the other two? General sensibility. Okay. I felt yeah. I just it 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 yeah. That was all basically. I uh, given given the uh, the length of time since the last one. Yeah. Uh, and the cast involved here. Yeah. Well, I thought really good. I I loved I loved them. I thought they were great. I thought. They were well. I thought the the four women were well chosen. I liked the chemistry, the interactions they had with each other, but um, it made me nostalgic for uh, weak Saturday Night Live. <laughs> well, um, okay, let's uh, let's just launch into a real uh, uh, moment by moment type deal. My my head is bursting. This is one of these ones that the more I think about it, the more passionate I get. Unfortunately, that passion is oh, wow. See, against I think it. The more I think about it, the 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 more flat the line will go. <laughs> okay, me. well, I'll make up for that with my increased passion. Um, so let's just start by saying you said since the last one, and I just want to eradicate from the discussion largely any reference to Ghostbusters Two, um, because to me that was such an inferior product. In comparison to the first one, I that... don't even remember anything okay. about the second one. Okay, so that's fine. I think we're on the same page here. That okay, this is not where only <laughs> the sanctity of only one movie is being being violated. Okay, that's fine. Um, 
And and so I also think it's not entirely fair to, or let's just establish it between us here. Do you think it's fair to make reference to the first movie in our in our you know discussion of this one, or should this be considered its own thing? It's not a sequel. It's not continuing that. It's restarting that. So does it get, you know, unlike um, Resurgence, which is a continuation of that old story. Uh, this is a, a essentially it's more like Star Trek. It, it's, this it's, is a, a do over. Yeah. yeah. So consequently, should we just not make any uh, take any time to really talk about the original Ghost nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters? <laughs> Your shrug is heard by dozens. Um, yes, yes, including the dozen listening to this podcast. That's the only dozen that, that matter to me. Um. Uh, yeah, okay. I, um, yeah, uh, it clearly is, be, is clearly made like, like in, in, in all the best uh, ways of a reboot to not require anyone to have seen the first. One. Yes. However, does, does that, does that strike it from this conversation? Uh, I guess that would depend on how strongly you feel the original is. Well, then for classic, all... iconic. At least for me, thing. let me let me put it this way: um, that unlike last week's um, Independence Day, which I saw and relatively enjoyed when I first saw it, but it didn't it didn't stick with me in any way. I didn't carry it into the sort of the 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 fabric of my you know um, pop psyche. Uh, the original nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters absolutely commanded that summer for me. I, I'm sure I saw it, you know, three, four, or five times. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, sure. Um, I thought they were all very funny, and that for me as a whole, it really held together. It was a really good well put together movie and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was definitely yeah, it was definitely of 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 much better construction. Yes. And yeah, much better construction but then beyond that even performances and so on and so forth. So, yes, it obviously everyone from our generation who loved it as a kid trusted it as a mother. It's one of those comedies <laughs> that endured because par- no, because our generation who now become parents, you know, been sharing it with their kids, yeah. everyone knows Ghostbusters. Yes, and and, okay. and and this movie just violated all that for you. <laughs> well, listen, no, setting aside all of that, now, we've got okay. that out in the open, that's that's fair and understood. Now, yeah. set all of that aside. Sure. It can't live up to that, and I don't expect it to, but okay. it should be way better than what it is. Definitely. There were um, moments that were uh, surprisingly... Inept, borderline inept. I thought that there were yes. moments that were very, very amateurishly handled. I agree with you completely. Completely. Now, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about one of those moments or tell me something that you liked, uh, either way? Um, well, you know, there wasn't like any one big scene, like, oh, they botched the big, the big thing. It's, it was more just little exchanges, like when, uh, Kristen Wiig's character reunites with Melissa McCarthy, and that delivery guy is there. It's just right. It, it's, yeah, like it was clumsy, and there, there were just 
few moments like that where not only was the not only was the exchange not funny, but it was it was actually kind of poorly yes poorly handled. It really felt like first draft. Yes, it did. Yes. That's excellent. That's a good yeah. way of putting it. It did feel like first draft. Yeah. Oh, we'll just put something in here, and then it'll get better later. Um, and you know what? Maybe, maybe that's some of what was going on. I mean, you're dealing with Melissa McCarthy, who's fantastic and a great um, ad-libber. Uh, Kristen Wiig, also phenomenal, probably very good at ad-libbing, as is Kate. They're all probably great at just bringing funny and making stuff a little better than it was. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that if you go back and look at what Bill Murray brought to the table in that original Ghostbusters, I bet all those guys were, like, throwing stuff in as they went along. I can't imagine that they weren't, but particularly him. Um, And it just felt like nobody, everyone just phoned it in, as far as I was concerned, all the way down the line. His from... cameo was pointless. Absolutely. Um, Ackroyd's I could handle a little better. Yes. Because at least, if nothing else, first of all, his interaction with, uh, I can't remember who it was in particular. It, on, it almost it was, doesn't matter. It was very natural. No, but that was like, that was, that was an organic moment. Yeah. And he delivered the line perfectly. Yeah. In terms of not doing a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, right. I'm, you know, it just it came out and it, it was it was written in as a natural, it, absolutely, a natural thing to say. Hey, even Ernie Hudson, his, his cameo was fine. Absolutely, even Eddie Potts' cameo was fine. But uh, uh, Bill Murray's was just like, yeah. It's, and what you know, what's weird to me is that first of all, the movie refused to end. It just kept going and going. And it's one thing if you do kind of like um, gag reels or stuff, because I have to imagine that they all laughed a lot. If they didn't, then that was a very bad sign for them. Um, but they didn't do any gag reel stuff, and they just kept having little scenes. They said, oh, this is how that character got resolved, and this is how this character got resolved. And then eventually you get a cameo from Sigourney Weaver. And I went, oh, right. She's considered to be part of the Ghostbuster movies. It was just completely unnecessary. I would never have walked away from it if that scene had never occurred or if she'd never been in it. I could easily have walked away and I never would have gone, hey, wait a minute, where was Sigourney Weaver? Right. Because I never considered her part of it somehow because she wasn't the part of the funny. Right. She wasn't part of the team. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, that's okay. That's a good point. But I would have accepted Rick Moranis before I accepted her. As a cameo. Anyway, um, it's, I, I was sad to not see him in there somewhere, even though they, it's really meaningless when they do these things. And basically just pulls you out of the movie. If you know who they are, it kind of pulls you out of the movie. And if you don't know who they are, it's completely meaningless. Yeah. Because that bit with Dan Aykroyd going, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, uh, is funny, but only funny if you know it's Dan Aykroyd and you know that it's referencing the song. Right. Which, Bill Murray should have played the mayor. Yes. That would have been a better use yes. of his time. And our frankly, time. And it, it, it would have had a little more meat on the bones for him to work with. Yeah. No, no, no bad juju on Andy Garcia. Right. I like Andy Garcia well enough. I didn't understand why he was playing a Jewish mayor. I mean, even though he wasn't necessarily in name Jewish, he had some line readings that were very much like this. And I don't know why he's talking as though he's a, a Bloomberg. 
Wow, I didn't uh, I didn't pick up on that at all. He uh, so tell me where we're at. He had a line like, "So tell me where we're at." That was very had a very well, New know, York hey, shape to you it. You know as well as I do. <laughs> if you're in New York long enough, yes, you get that uh, that patois. The city, yes, the city, the city uh, infuses that upon you. Absolutely. Here's, so here's a question that I was kind of uh, yes. pondering. I was I was I was kicking in my head throughout the movie. Is does this count as an SNL film? That's a great question. That is a great. N- n- I don't believe it. Hang on. In, oh, in, in, hey, hold on got, a second. You got three, three and one honorary <laughs> together. No, no, I understand. But, but a small bit part by another. In, it just. I don't know. It's like, but the SNL movies never take the cast and apply them to a pre-existing franchise or story. But well, Unless it's for, based on a sketch. An SNL movie, yeah, yeah, The Ladies' yeah. Man, is based on a sketch. Obviously, that's not a franchise either. No, no, I understand. Um, I didn't know... I, I was, what I was going to ask you was, how do you mean that? Because I know that Lauren Michaels, I believe it's all contractual, that Lauren Michaels has his his hand in the pocket of anyone yeah. who comes off SNL, just like you, if you would, if you were on the voice. Um, so I think he ends up getting producing credits and things like that, certainly on something like ladies, man, but I don't think the stink of him was on this at all. Uh, well, question there. Other he, than the fact that it was bad. It does. Does he have uh, exec produce credit on uh, bridesmaids? Is he, how far does that? How far do those tentacles reach? I don't exactly know, but I think that that would be more likely that he would have something there. I think whatever kind of whatever it is with him, it's not that he influences content in the least. I think it's that he gets a paycheck, and maybe a, a title or not. I'm not sure. I don't think his name's on this because I have a feeling, you know, because of the ownership of the story and whatnot, that probably yeah. I mean, this thing, the, the wheels were turning in this before they cast anyone from SNL, you know? Right, so, right, right, right. Uh, I, I would I would almost be surprised if he managed to, to shoehorn his name into this. <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, which... but I, just meant, I just meant more, does it count as an SNL film in terms of having the uh, having enough members of the ensemble to... Right. Uh, to impart that SNL vibe on the it, in much the in much the same way as if two of the surviving uh, four or five Monty Python guys were in a movie, would it make it a Monty Python movie? Right. You know, no. does does yeah, Eric exactly. does? Yeah, does Eric Idle and John Cleese? Does that is that enough? Well, I think in that case, though, it's much more cut and dry because. They they very clearly have movies that were Monty Python movies, and then there are movies where some of those guys just happen to be. Jabberwocky okay. is not considered a Monty Python film. It's not Monty Python's Jabberwocky. Right, right. Uh, that's a good call. Um... So it could very well be that in that case, it, there, there there was like a minimum requirement of members who had to be in it before it became known as the group. Yes, yes. I'm saying. I'm just saying that uh, j- much in that same way, 
you just meant enough people to make it an SLO movie. I don't think it really is. Although, honestly, Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig, um, Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones, absolutely SNL. Melissa McCarthy has done some terrific work on SNL. And yes, then you. Like an honorary member. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think so. I just hate to. I hate to make it that. Um, and why is it that I, I agree with you that Jabberwocky is not a Monty Python thing, but you've got a Terry Gilliam directing? I guess it's just because it's it's Michael Palin and not not any of the other guys, right? Well, other than Terry himself. All right, don't Terry Jones is in it as well, so I don't know, um, but. I don't know what to call this, but I will tell you something astonishing. Lorne Michaels has 157 credits as a producer. Of course, that includes... There's no way he actively produced 157. Well, including a lot of television stuff, so you have to take a, a grain Sorry. of salt. But they're not calling, like, there if there are, uh, you know, 200 episodes of Tonight Show where he's listed as, a, as an executive producer, they're not counting that as... Multiple right, of the hundred and fifty seven, that's just one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's listed under Wisco Tangy Fo- Tango Foxtrot, and that's a Tina Fey. Right. And you know he didn't have anything to do with that as such. Um sure. but I'm trying to see if I see any of these. He's listed under McGruber, the McGruber movie, which you would expect that. That falls neatly into this category baby mama which had both tina fey and um oh i can't remember her name it's amy poehler amy poehler thank you um so but i don't see this movie listed i don't see this movie yeah it's got to be because it was it, it was a it was an owned entity before yeah he came before right because because even if he even if Kristen wig has already somehow uh slipped his grasp She's far enough away somehow to have. Uh, it can't be lifetime that he's connected to them. It must have a, a yeah, limit. Yeah, he's obviously not not uh, getting credit on Eddie Murphy movies. Right, but he would have his he would have his claws in Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon because they're still on the show. So sure, uh, you know, I, but I don't see it. Maybe they just. I, uh, I, I I have to think without looking at without having his filmography yeah. in front of me. I have to think that um, that 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 policy started. At a certain point, yeah. So I'm sure, go back to all those early Eddie yeah, Murphy so, movies. He's not. He's yeah. not on the brothers, Chevy Chase. No, like the Chevy Chase left, and he went and and made some money. And I'm sure that uh, Lorne Michael went well. I he wouldn't have been making those if it wasn't for me. But he's not. Yeah, but I know. But he's not on every John Belushi movie. I mean, his name's not has not been linked with SNL cast members. Since no, they've been making movies. It, it looks like it starts around Wayne's World. Oh, that makes sense. Wayne's yeah. World, and then Coneheads came along, but also Tommy Boy and some of these other things. So it looks like it was in the um, in the 90s, in the 80s, mm, 90s mostly, that he started doing like, this. They started ramping up productions of, uh, when they started ramping up film productions based on sketches. Yes, yes. So yeah. it, it probably, yeah, so it, it must have happened around there. Also, okay. like, <laughs> he gets someone on his, he gets someone into into the show who's maybe 20 years old or 22 years old. They stay with him for five years. Then they become stars. Then they start making movies. So even if his credits start appearing in the mid-90s, those deals were probably signed in the late 80s. 
if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so enough about him. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, it's funny. I never thought we'd be talking about that guy. Um, yeah. And I love the obscure Monty Python pull for you with, uh, with thank Jabber, you. Well, so, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, listen, as long as I'm praising you. Oh, boy. Um, and as long as you're not actually talking about Ghostbusters yet. Yeah. <laughs> let me say this. Um, I was uh, certainly um, I was certainly impressed by the, the jokes that you opened last week's episode with, but in particular um, it wasn't a white knuckle ride it was a great white knuckle ride that, I mean that's Has uh, that with you all week? Oh my god, I keep I, I'm alternately <laughs> I'm alternately uh, awed and then angry that you thought of it and I didn't. Um, and in that same category, um, Uh-oh. is uh, not, <laughs> not not exactly the same, but close. Is your suggestion uh, with regards to the a simple fix for the shallows was that uh, she be oh, instead of a be an engineer that she be an engineer instead of a, a, a an engineer student instead of a. Um, a medical student. So, um, well, you br- you bring it out of me, baby. There you go. Uh, yeah, the more I thought about that, the more I thought that would have fixed so much of the stuff that I uh, that I had a problem with. Uh, Unlike you, there was no quick fix. <laughs> right. So, anyway, that's uh, we can move on from there. Excuse me. So, I'm a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy's, and we've talked about her a little bit before, but. Even if you look at the pairing of Melissa McCarthy and and Paul uh, Feig, you've got uh, certainly Spy and Heat. These are very big, broad comedies where she's doing very brash things. And even to a certain extent in Bridesmaids, which is kind of like a coming out party for her, where you went, oh, wow, this is an interesting person. She really took off after that. Um, and she was being fairly outrageous. Um, and so for reasons that I don't fully understand, they have her, a person capable of uh, some serious outrageousness. They have um, Kristen Wiig, who has played some pretty wild characters, not so much in the movies, but certainly in her right. sketch TV, um, but who has done some really terrific work in movies. Um, one of my favorites, uh, which I'm pretty sure you haven't seen, is uh, going to escape me at the moment. Um, she did it with, um, with Ben um, Stiller. Her- the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Did you see the remake of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I didn't even know they... That it happened? Oh, my God! Well, they did. And oh, shit. And uh, I think it's one of my favorite Ben Stiller movies where he's he plays it realistically, but he's not chasing dinosaurs in a museum or anything like that. Wow. Uh, or talking to tiny uh, dolls, fighting monkeys and cavemen. And she's the girl in the office he's interested in, and she just just does a really sweet, terrific job, and she's uh, terrific in it. And I've seen her in a bunch of other things, too, but that in particular... When did that come out? Uh, that is a fair question, and I will tell you momentarily, if I can. Wow, a while ago now, it seems like... Um, can I possibly have been wrong about this? Hold on. Let me, let me it do wasn't it a way. remake? Oh, no, it was, but it didn't... Um, 
It didn't, um, it wasn't like a strict, you know, Danny Kay. Oh, there's 2013. It's not that long ago. I recommend you see oh, it. Yeah, I don't know. Size. Yeah. I'm sorry. Be, I just, yeah. was, my eye wasn't catching it. Um, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't as, he plays it much more sort of straight than, than many of the other things that he, that he does. But, um, <clears throat> so she's capable of broadness. Kate McKinnon can be extremely outrageous in a very cohesive way. And Leslie Jones can do very big. Now, her very big is also much sort of stereotypically blacker. And, you know, uh, but she's, she's capable of a lot. Um, of, and here they just had, they all seemed like they had the handcuffs on or like they were just being held in and not, not, I well, think, I think I think you actually I think I think you used I think you used the wrong word before. Ooh, okay. It's actually the right word to describe what you're describing now. Yeah. And that is broadness. Yes. Broad that, is good. I, I think I think most of the humor was was so broad that it was I started wondering if it was really meant for adults. Oh, I don't think it was. Well, that's the other thing you have to start asking yourself is, <clears throat> who is this meant for? Now, I read somewhere or I heard somewhere that uh, it may have even been on the IMDb trivia page. I, I'm not sure that Paul Feig had definitely not wanted this to take place in the same universe as the originals. So it wasn't a continuation. It wasn't a sequel. It was starting over in a new universe, yeah. essentially. Um, and that's why... Arguably, you can see some overlap of uh, faces, you know, as far as the original cast is concerned. And you still have some, some of the ghosts are the same, like Slimer or whatever, which right. I, don't, I don't need. I don't know why Slimer's there. He doesn't do anything for me. I'm 50 fucking years old. <clears throat> and, and I don't because, know. Because there are only three ghosts you remember from the first <laughs> one. Yeah, but who cares? I, didn't ever, I never enjoyed didn't the ghosts in the first oh, one. Right. I mean, the ghosts weren't why I was there. Right. So, but but he's... I, I wasn't talking about Ackroyd and Murray and <laughs> yes, <laughs> apparitions. Yes. Um, so, so I don't know who it's it's for in the sense that he wanted, he, and I can hear this argument. This is this is what his argument was: is that he didn't want to make the movie take place in a world where seeing ghosts was old news. Because if it was 20, 30 years later from the 1984 movie, right. those people would have been much as, as in, um, I hate to keep referencing <clears throat> Independence Day, but, you know, they had been dealing with the aftermath of that, the events of that first movie for 20 years. And he didn't want that to be the case here. He wanted people to be able to be scared of ghosts. And that's fine. But what he's missing is that... I still live in the universe where I know the other material. And so it, he, he can't just, it, he, he has to be throwing out, he has to be throwing out anyone who knows the original material if he thinks that this, this new one is going to entertain someone. I can see an 8-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old liking this because there's, right. there's nothing really wrong with it and it would all be new to them. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it on the head, and I think that's what's that's why this isn't working so much for adults is because um, 
the, this one had no vision for anyone uh-huh. familiar with the first movie. It's basically like the same effects were recycled. Yes. The same scope of what these ghosts are capable of doing. Right, right. They're absolutely the same. I mean, and if you look at, like, it's so amazing how everyone is redoing these things from 20-something years ago. If you go look at um, Force Awakens, and we both basically acknowledge that it's that they sort of cannibalized episode uh, four throughout the whole thing. They took tons and tons of stuff from episode four when they made Force Awakens, but they put it together right. So it plays like gangbusters for anyone who doesn't know episode four absolutely plays like gangbusters for them and for those who do know episode four and are willing to go along for the ride it was great fun but here the elements that they cannibalized for themselves they didn't put anything together properly i mean it's ridiculous and almost criminal to wait 20 or 25 minutes and i know we, we aren't going to talk about acts here but really to get through to the point where we now have a team of people because we all move faster through movies now you don't have to take that effing along to get everybody together and say, hey, let's do this thing. And if you're going to take that long, make it funny for fuck's sake. Well, considering how sloppy it was in other places. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's true, actually. It did take, uh, it did take its time. And I, and I know the first movie didn't have a lot of like character development in the sense of, oh, Peter Venkman is this kind of guy, but by the end of the movie, he's going to be that kind of guy. It was really more as a group, circumstantially, what they went through. Yeah, but, but there, was even, there was even development there, this whole, like, you know, the, 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 the love interest thing. With yeah, Gordon absolutely, Weaver. absolutely. You know, there was... He you grew, know, Andy he, Potts had a bigger role he grew up in a the little. first one than right. uh, What's-His-Face. What? I would say that Peter Venkman grew up a little. He matured into less of a man-child and more of an adult because he got at this relationship. And certainly by the second movie, uh, which is doesn't need to be mentioned, they have a kid together, and he's now a family man, and so he was growing in that direction. But to me, they had this great opportunity to have these two characters, these two female characters who had been friends, but one of them might have let the other one down, and to let that tension exist between them. Whatever the, the other particulars might have been, they could have had their friendship healed through the course of the movie rather than, I mean, had their, you know, their friendship healed and the, and the, the break between them uh, repaired through the course of the movie rather than just deciding, you know, 35 minutes in, oh, forget about all that stuff I was mad about. Let's go. Let's do this other thing. Yeah. There's just no tension anywhere. Oh, oh, my God. I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to explode. If, okay. You know, I, I, I really don't, I don't think I could have handled any more Kristen Wiig looking <laughs> at her own book like it yes. was, like, like, like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like I know. It was something just, what is this? Right, right. It makes me nuts. Now, the, um, the, the woman, I'm trying to think of what her name was, the, the writer actually of... Uh, Ghostbusters. This one, this time around, was Katie Dippold, D-I-P-P-O-L-D, Katie Dippold, and I guess she wrote The Heat as well. Um, and The Heat is reasonably well put together. It's very funny. It takes great advantage of what Melissa McCarthy can do in a physical sense. I mean, Melissa McCarthy wasn't even physically funny in this movie. We're, well, you're assuming. Well, let's. I I wouldn't want to assume yeah. that what we're watching 
is a is know, what an was intended. reflection of what was on the page. Okay. You know, especially once you have a big franchise and a studio involved. I'm sure they got their fingers in changing this and that and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. That could be where a lot of the staling down went. Uh, uh, that's so. that's true. That's true. I suppose that's fair. Um, I can't blame it all on the on the writer, I suppose. But I do feel like... I mean, look, if she's going to get credit for the writing, then she also has to take some of the blame. Well, she's um, going to take the heat, yeah. 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 <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, she can deal out the heat, but she can't take it. <laughs> so, anyway, something that sort of uh, stuck in my, my craw a little bit is... Um, when I, when I keep going back to who is this movie for, right? Yeah. You've got um, Hemsworth, Liam or whatever, whichever one, Thor. Chris. You know. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, it was Chris? Yes. Okay. And is he Thor? Uh, yeah. Well, if he doesn't stretch enough before those dance movies moves, he'll be Thor. But, um, okay, so you have this guy who is attractive, and they've done this gender switch to, to, no one ever treated Annie Potts as anything other than a receptionist in that True. first movie. And yes, it, but, that, yes, go on. But she was yes, but at the but she wasn't. Uh, she was not the butt of jokes. If anything, if I recall correctly, she was the. She was sort of like the level-headed, no-nonsense one. Yeah, she was the house mother. Yeah, yeah. Bungling guys. She was and like so, the den mother. She cracked yeah, so a whip and they stayed in line. That was kind of reversed here, which I, I, I liked to and, some extent. And, uh, and, and in the original movie, it's essentially sexless. Even though he's trying to, to get a date and he's falling in love with... Um, with uh, now I'm completely spacing on her name. Uh, Weaver. Sigourney yes. Weaver. Second time uh, based on her name. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to remember her name very well. But even though there's sort of a love interest thing, there's no sex sexiness or sexuality. And I, I didn't see anywhere anybody being objectified. Uh -oh, oh, well, I oh, well, I beg uh -oh. to differ, my friend. All right. I beg to differ. All right. Because, and I, 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 I encourage you to go back and watch this movie and watch just for this. I am pretty convinced. Yes. That... In the first scene where Kristen Wiig comes to the lab and we meet Kristen and we meet yeah. Kate's character, yeah, I'm pretty convinced Kate was playing it like her character was into Kristen. Oh, I'm not going to argue that. I think you misunderstood she, what I was saying. She gives her looks that, that every scene afterwards, yeah. I kept looking for Kate's eyeline mm -hmm. and. Just little, little, little signals. What was it going to be? What right. was it going to be? And so the scene where they interview him for the job, I remember, I was thinking to myself, if I'm right, she like his 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 sexuality is not going to mean anything. Right, to her. right. And it pretty much doesn't. And then at the end of the scene, she kind of gives a little. I think it's that scene, or it's another one later. She gives a wink to Kristen Wiig. They do like a very quick cut. Right. And she winks just before they cut out of it, and I'm like, aha. <laughs> No, what I'm actually saying is that the original 1984 Ghostbusters had yeah. no sexuality in it uh, of any sort, but particularly not towards women. And the big advancement that we've made now that we're letting the girls into the sandbox is that they're going to objectify and make uh, a man 
the butt of jokes and make him dumb and do all of the things. Now, if we switch the genders in, in this reboot and it was four new guys and they hired a sexy young woman and they treated her the way those women treat Hemsworth in this movie, there would be no end of burning down the town with how inappropriate that is and how offensive and archaic that thinking is. So I am actually uh, offended by the way in which they treated uh, Chris Hemsworth or whatever his effing name is. Not amused by it. Even if I take it as funny, it's still not that funny. I understand that, that the gals in the audience, certainly my wife sitting next to me, was more than happy to see him there. He was eye candy and she was excited by it. But I say no fair. As regards to the comment you were making, you're absolutely right. It has been announced in the press somewhere, Paul Feig said, that Kate McKinnon is, her character is gay. For really? whatever, to whatever oh. extent that, that matters. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm so I'm proud of myself. There okay. you go. Well, so. mission accomplished, because boy, did she convey it. <laughs> yes. First, yes, she gives her a look in that first scene. I'm like, man, if you were ever in the room and Kate had her eyes set on you, how could you not just turn to <laughs> Woo! That's funny. Um, so... Um, that's my statement about the Chris Hemsworth. What? Do you have well, a response? Uh, yeah, only that uh, I'm surprised that your masculinity can't handle it. I didn't, oh! think, I didn't think it was funny, but mm. I surely wasn't. I certainly nope. wasn't offended it's, by it's not my him, no, no, no. him being made the. Uh, you you have misunderstood me, but I understand. Have I? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Go ahead. In Go the following me. way, I think that. Uh, there's a double standard at play here that there's no way we could get away with treating a female character in his position if we change this, the, the genders of right. everybody. There's right. no way that we could get away with that. It wouldn't be considered anything except offensive. And, and it's not even funny. It's just not funny whether it's about a man or a woman. It's not, it's not funny because it, 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 it's not particularly original. Absolutely. It, the extreme. So I'm not necessarily but, offended as. A, I think, I think, yeah. I think you're bothered by it. Actually, yeah. I don't think it's just like on a general level. Although that's possible. Yeah. Um, no, but I think I think what may be bothering you subconsciously is the fact that just by doing that, it impugns a sexism in the first one that isn't there. Um. Yeah, I will take something like that. I, I'll say I'm offended on the level of. Um, double standard, offended on the level of hypocrisy, and offended on the level of creativity, that that's what they decided to do with that thing. Now, I'll, I'll grant you, yes, yeah. They, um, yeah, okay, you know, they, they, they gave us a nimbo, not a particularly, you know, clever or smart, none of the jokes they did with it were particularly funny. But it wasn't, the movie as a whole wasn't treating men like the dumb inferior sex no just it's him that's just like it all got channeled into this one character who in the larger scope of things is pretty minor so it didn't bother me that much in the larger scope of things is pretty minor but they went back to that unfunny well at least five times i mean they kept coming back to that thing and making that same jo unfunny joke over and over again all right i'll let it go i'll stop all right no, 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 no. i'll stop um did you have a ghost that you liked? Did you have a, a sequence that was like a, a set piece that was like, wow, that was cool? Nope, not a single one. 
Not a single one. I thought that uh, that that uh, that uh, dragony type ghost looked very cool. And the, the one that was sort of green. Yeah. Okay. Um, but other than that, no, no. Like I said, it all it, it looked like it just came right out of the first movie, and they just replaced, dropped it in. Sets. Um, um, is that is that tall uh, Uncle Sam type ghost in the first one? No, not that I know of. Okay, because there's that shot from street level where his foot comes into frame and we pan up and yeah. it's that exaggerated height and for some reason that shot is familiar to me. And I thought, huh. oh, did they is this like an homage to the first one where they like recreate that shot? Because I can swear I've seen that before. Well, I think the shot is reminiscent to you because it's essentially the angle that we get all of the uh Thanksgiving Day parade balloons from in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that ground level looking up yeah which by the way yeah totally out of nowhere yes they're being let loose in the city and now all of a sudden they've possessed a bunch of floats from the Thanksgiving Day Parade I don't know I don't know where those things were supposed to have come from I don't know what it meant Um, I will say that those were my favorite things I thought those ghosts looked interesting and cool and different because they were embodying, um, I guess that's what it was, that they had sort of um, possessed balloons. And so those balloons were actually physically real as opposed to being just ephemera. Um, Which, even in the universe of the movie, doesn't quite make sense because if you think about it, the ghosts don't really need to command physical objects in the real world in order to create havoc and mayhem. Right. Now you've got little slime ball, you got Booger, <laughs> you got him driving the car, okay, because to a ghost, I could see getting in behind the wheel of a car and driving like a maniac would be fun. Right. But, Particularly since he's like a ghost of a what? A turd? I don't know what he's supposed to have been. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really get what the advantage for a ghost was to embody a big, slow-moving balloon. Yes. Um, well, let's let's not, talk not too about much that. Havoc for a minute. you're going to cause floating down the street. I'm not saying, by the way, that I liked them as ghosts. I just liked them graphically. They appealed to my eye, not to my. Oh, this makes sense in the story. If anything. It hurts, it hurts them in their own story when they use these balloons or whatever they're supposed to be that are so tall. Um, because here you have... Um, they're shooting at these balloons slash ghosts or whatever they are with their, with their you know, streams right. of power. And, and it takes a little time to bring them down. But then she comes over with a Swiss Army knife and, and she pops, pops, one, pops like one like so a balloon. Broad. So were yeah. they... Were they physical in the yeah. sense that you could poke a hole in them, or were they metaphysical, and, and what the hell is it? It just doesn't... And then when they, at the end of that scene, you see big shards of, like, popped balloon on the ground around yeah. them. Um, so that's just, like, what are the rules here? What are the rules that we're following? Um, didn't make sense. I want to go back to that green monster you mentioned and say one of the reasons you might have liked the way it looked is that it seemed like it was a bastard child of a gremlin. What, the mean gremlin. I was thinking... Yeah. And if you go look at um like the live action the second um the sequel uh Scooby Doo like Monsters on the Loose or whatever it's called 
you know, that had uh, that had Freddie Prince Jr. playing, you know, um, the live action one. You know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah, I know the franchise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, in that, the main creature monster looks just like that. Uh, it, it is it is like a uh, uh, you know. There's just like, I mean, what yeah, are we doing I, here? I, I, didn't th- I didn't think it was original <laughs> original creation. You just asked me if there was right. anything that right. appealed to me. Okay, if so... Oh, they take the kid in, the answer was no. As long as we're bagging on the ghosts, right? And everything like that. So, now we come down to... Um, now we come down to the big final bad ghost that they're going to have to fight. And in the first movie... As we well know, it was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. And he did come down and have a physical effect. He wasn't necessarily an actual Marshmallow Man, but he did climb a building. He didn't fly up the building. So he existed in the physical world of New York. Yes? Yeah. yeah. Okay, when they blew him up, big blobs of uh, roasted marshmallow were falling down on everybody. Right. Um, I don't remember in the first movie how... Did the how did the ghost come to embody the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man out of all? Well, this possible- is they had a moment where they're all sort of cowering, and and the big baddie says to them, um, "Choose and die." And I'm oh, going the, the thing that comes into your head. Yeah, and, it's the and so he said, I thought of the most innocent, perfectly you know safest thing that could right, be right, for my right, childhood. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> so that's how it comes to exist. And in a similar fashion, it seems like that's how it came to exist in this um, in this movie too. Um, so it became the ghost from the Ghostbusters symbol, and it went through several mutations, and then it became this giant thing, which, for all intents and purposes, was a copycat of the Stay yeah. Puft Marshmallow Man. Much, much like um, much like the Force Awakens, I feel like. Um, oh. I feel like it was uh, like like it basically aped the blueprint of the first one. Okay, yeah. And that it's, the the big climax is this oversized walking down the you know lumbering down the street thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's two problems for me, or at least two problems for me, maybe three, with their giant um, ghost that is uh, a very reminiscent, almost I would say too reminiscent. Of the Marshmallow Man. And uh, that's one thing. Thing number two is that if you've just got done having giant balloons that they had to attack, having a yet another giant thing they have to attack... An even bigger balloon. Well, it, yeah. it wasn't even bigger than the other ones were. So it, it's it's just a very bad idea creatively to to have already done this thing where they had to battle huge, huge things. And finally and possibly more important than anything else, is that it looks like Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Oogie Boogie was green, and it was I don't think it had individual feet, but it was like a man in a sack is the feeling of Oogie Boogie, and this thing definitely looked... It was just too, too close for me um, to enjoy it. And so... You know, there we were again with just something that wasn't going to get me going. Now, if I was six or I was eight or I was ten or even an odd number as a child would have been absolutely fantastic because I wouldn't have seen all of these things before. But he was not making this movie for me because I have seen these things before. And I am mad 
as, as hell. hell. And I'm not going to take it anymore. Um, we haven't said very much about Leslie Jones. I, I, I was worried that she was just going to do a lot of yelling and kind of, you should pardon the expression, blacking it up. Because wow. she, she, does, she does that on Saturday Night Live. Where yes, she comes in and does that thing, which she does yes. really well, and I like it. But I was afraid that was all she was going to do. Shit, she doesn't have car commercials now. That's true, but uh, but she didn't, and she was just sort of playing it straight. But then again, why have it be her if she's just she going to play it straight? Yeah, yeah. they were no, all wasted. Was wasted. How well, could they yeah. have all yeah. of those okay. resources and waste them all? But I but I feel like she also had the least screen time. Yes, but she her screen time was probably larger than Ernie Hudson's in the original. And I mean, oh, I, <laughs> they've come a long way, baby. <laughs> now, isn't even I mean, isn't it a form of racist to cast a black actress to play the fourth black? I mean, isn't it, there, is, there's something weird about that to me. And where was why wasn't one of those a Latina? Aren't there any funny Latina actresses they could have used or maybe a transgender person? Besides your wife? Hey, <laughs> hey. Um, I uh, yes, no, that's a good. Well, I mean, yeah, it could have been like the bridge of the Enterprise. We have all food groups represented <laughs> right. on one team, but yes. uh, no, they didn't go that way. Maybe next time Lucy Liu will be in there. And if we are to believe that Kate McKinnon is uh, playing a gay character, then <laughs> which of the first original gay busters go goes Gay <laughs> Busters? <laughs> I think I have a franchise for Paul Feig. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Uh, which of the original Ghostbusters was supposed to be gay and we just didn't know about it, like Sulu? I really didn't like the... Uh, I didn't like the remade song. No, not at all. terrible. Yes. I thought that was... Uh... Well, that's, it's, that's the perfect example. We had this really great song from 1984 that was really great and it's still really great, but now let's remake it uh -huh. and make it worse. And that's exactly <laughs> what they did. Okay, yeah, all right. Slow, <laughs> slow down there, Hopscotch. I said it's a great song. All right. It's, Look. Uh, okay, fine. Look, I was, I was in, I was trying to support what you said. I was yes, anding you, and you kicked me in the in the shins. Um, I'm uh, yes, they did a terrible job. They took a song that was more than serviceable and made one that was less than serviceable, and then they buried it in the end credits because they had put no, it. No, they, oh, they, they didn't. No, they played it in the first fifteen or so. Oh, did they? I guess I didn't yeah. notice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was much earlier in the movie they brought it in. If they had, if they had saved it for the credits, it would have been a lot less offensive. Oh, okay. I somebody my uh, my hilarious wife said, "Oh, at least they didn't use it in the movie. They only used it at the end." And so I just took her word for no, it. I was correct. too busy grinding my teeth to be able to hear any music. Ah, well. Um, okay. Well, I really didn't like the fact that. Um, that in the movie's universe, the jingle existed before they became a team. Yes. Did you catch that? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't like that. I didn't like it having... Even though they didn't appropriate it. Yeah. Well, appropriate. Yeah, but in the first movie, it's not like they're rocking to their own theme song. Right, right. It actually makes me angry the way Paul Feig said, I don't want this to take place in the same universe. But then Bill Murray is in it and all the other cameos. That's a violation of his initial uh, precept. And so is the fact that Slimer is there. And so is the fact that the song even exists. If so it's then, not well, in the same universe, then fucking do it on your own and do it, do it better. Well then, you, well, then you start off by not having a statue representing Harold Ramis. Yes, you, no, I know. Harold Ramis. 
Um, and I don't necessarily find that like, oh, it's so good, they da-da-da-da. I'm like, no, that's kind of offensive, actually. I'm offended by everything about this movie. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, my God, it makes me so mad. Well, the only justice is that they're not making any money, but I don't want it to be the fault of these actresses because I know each of these actresses is capable of a great deal more than she did here, and I can only blame Paul Feig and the studio for what they ended up putting on the screen because I can't blame Melissa McCarthy because I know what she can do when she's allowed to do it. Or, you know, Kristen Wiig or Kate McKinnon or Leslie Jones. They, they were, it's quite they were possible. hobbled. They were hobbled. It's, but it's quite possible that the... Uh... That in general, everyone was toning it down so they could keep this PG thirteen and appeal more to the kids who weren't going to uh, uh, weren't going to watch with the same analytical eye as you and me. Yes, uh, I suppose. Well, that's too bad because they they did not make one for the ages. They toned it down at their own. Uh, at their own loss. There's one more uh, actor I wanted to talk about in one sequence. You said there was no sequence that really struck you, and I was particularly talking about ghosts and set, and set pieces. But, yes. But Steve Higgins, I thought he stole the show he as, as the dean giving them the finger at the end of that scene where yeah, he had yeah. 12 yeah, variations, and all of them were funny. He was flat-out fantastic. That was my favorite moment, and as far as I'm concerned... In this uh, all-female, this gyno Ghostbusters, it was a man who delivered the best performance there, uh, Steve Higgins. Uh, yeah, you know he was great. I had a little trouble. Um, I had a little trouble kind of linking his character to being an East Coast dean. Yes, with his uh, short sleeve Hawaiian shirt. I thought, <laughs> well, he must have flown in from the West Coast. Yes. Place. Well, I think the idea that they were doing there is that this place is. It, this is not Columbia. In the first movie, they were at Columbia, and they were at a prestigious place. This place is an actual shithole, and they can't even, they can't even manage to keep a job here. Gotcha. You know, they're, they're getting booted out of this dump. Yeah, I, I did like the line where he, yeah, I didn't even know that your department was still open. <laughs> Give you a raise? I didn't even know you worked here. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh, that was I really liked uh, that a lot. So that's that's you know, my highlight. At the same time, there there in that scene is the kind of joke that to me embodies the the the, the overriding humor of the movie. Okay, tell me. And it's, it's, SNL's a little guilty of it too. Sometimes I think it's just maybe this is this is the style of comedy these days. But it's it's setting up the. Uh, I, 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 I can't encapsulate it in a neat way, but basically, when he says, "I've got two words for you," <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be "suck it." He's not gonna say "suck it," and then he says "suck it." Yeah, and right. This is supposed to be funny, like wait, because you predicted it, and then he did it. This is right, right. You know what? It, there's no fucking humor there. There's no joke. Nothing. I absolutely agree with you. Um... And, and what's more, what I will say is that you were way funnier last week when you said two words. I'll give you two words to describe this movie. Intense. Um, that, your, that statement from you had uh, clearly on display an understanding of how comedy works. 
Set up, a, set up an expectation and then deny the expectation. And then deny the expectation. Right, yes. exactly. Right. Don't yeah. give the expectation. But then say what's going to happen and then it happens. <clears throat> Guess what? Not funny. It's not funny. It's not, and there's no way that everybody in that room didn't know that that was not funny. It's not even funny to a five-year-old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. I need time. All right. So, listen. Here's, I wish... Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, go. One, one other uh, final thought is because yeah. uh, <clears throat> you made before about you you indicated before it's not making money. Yes. That that it's not doing well. A even as we write this, it's losing money. Even yes. as we speak. Um. Well, I wish you know. There's that that scene where they're they're reading all the uh, all the comments that they're getting online. Yes. Videos. Yes. yes. And that was lame. It was like, well, you know, because it wasn't lame enough to post a video to YouTube once. Right. We had to put in two scenes. Yes, exactly. Better uh, every time. The fallback. Yes, that's a fallback on it. But I really wish, like, we have that brief shot of the screen showing some of the comments. I really hope that they used actual comments that people posted about the trailer. Yes, I think they did. Did they? Because they very specifically in one of them say, how can, how can you have... Uh, women right. doing the job that men should be doing. Right, And right. I know exactly. that was, a, that was a, at least a tip of the hat to something, if not a direct it had uh, to be. lift. I so Absolutely. It was tongue-in-cheek or whatever. Um, I'm just going to quickly uh, go over some uh, small uh, trivia things that might make this sh uh, either the act of watching it a little better or the um, <clears throat> act of recovering from having watched it. Uh, here are some various actresses who were considered for parts in this movie. Uh, Emma Stone, Anna mm. Faris, Alyssa Milano, Eliza Dushku, uh, and Jennifer Lawrence, and Rebel Wilson. The He's, only one there who might have actually done well is, um, I, I've already forgotten. Rebel Wilson? No. No. Uh, no, Anna Faris. Oh Anna my Ferris. God, that's funny! I know you like you like Anna Faris, and I hate Anna Faris, so I was gonna go with Rebel Wilson as as the. I mean, unfortunately, it would have to be the um, the Abby Yates character. Um, yeah, I preferred Rain Wilson to Rebel Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Emma Stone would have been a fine stand-in for Kristen Wiig, since Kristen Wiig didn't do anything funny anyway. It might as well have been Emma Stone. But um, uh, here's. Here's the thing, Mindy Kaling. Uh, in her, um, oh. she has a like. No, she wasn't up for a part in it. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I think she's just. I think that Mindy Kaling is not quite as funny as Anna Faris, but that's just me. Um, so, she she has a book called "Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me?" and other concerns, mm -hmm. and and in it she um, sort of jokingly pitched the idea of an all female remake. Of Ghostbusters, she did this in 2011. Oh, interesting. Now, Paul Feig, uh, several years ago, not that far back, in 2013 or 2014, pitched to the studio, hey, why don't we do an all-female remake of it? I assume that he read that book and pitched her idea. I, I, I think there's no way he hadn't read Mindy Kaling's book. I think, given his, uh, I think, given given his uh, his profession, I'd be very surprised if he did not. Right. Do it. 
Agreed. So I, I, that leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Um, Hold on one second. They stole the Mindy show. (laughs) Melissa McCarthy and Bill Murray. uh, If you haven't seen them together in St. Vincent, that's where you should see them together. That's a really good indie. uh, He's like the goofy next door neighbor. Yes. He's a curmudgeon and an unpleasant fellow who ends up becoming her babysitter, essentially. Man, am I getting tired of that genre. Oh, are you? Yeah, Dude. I'm really not looking forward to this Captain Fantastic bullshit. That's I'm not either, but I mean, that's going to be up Oscars and stuff like that. This is not Captain Fantastic. This is your old pal Adam saying St. Vincent is a fun and funny movie, uh, regardless of whatever category it fits into. Um, here's an interesting and horrifying fact. This movie that we have spent the last God knows how long talking about, over an hour talking about, um, and it's just a terrible film. Has six Oscar nominees in it. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Andy Garcia, Melissa McCarthy, and Kristen Wiig are all Oscar nominees. All right, now here's the trivia, hey, here's the trivia question. Yes. Is, is, is what, the, what they were all nominated, oh, what dude. each of them was nominated all for. Right. Now, are you asking me or am I asking you? You've got it in front of you. So I no, I don't. I just, I just have the list of their names. I know Kristen Wiig... Okay. Kristen Wiig was nominated for writing for Bridesmaids. on Bridesmaids, which right. I have a. I love Kristen Wiig and I love Bridesmaids. I have a, a deep um, uh, a displeasure at the idea she was nominated for it because I heard enough um, interviews with her and her partner talking about how they developed the material to know that it was outside influences that really helped shape that into the uh, yeah, script that, that it was. Too. Might be why she didn't win. Maybe, but. Uh, I, I bless her for having a, a, a nominee. I love that. Um, Bill Murray, maybe it was lost in translation? I believe it was lost in translation. Okay. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, uh, was that the one um, I married an axe murderer? Or no, it's the one where my mother is an alien. No, I don't know. What is Dan Aykroyd? Driving Miss Daisy. Wow. Wow. That's his nomination. That's God, amazing. amazing. Sigourney Weaver, I'm going to go for Gorillas in the Mist, but I could be wrong there. Correct. Okay. Andy Garcia. Yeah. Andy Garcia. That's tricky because I don't really know a lot of his stuff. I would have to say that I don't know. I want to say Godfather Part 3. But oh, that's something... a good one. No, nah, but it doesn't sound right. I seem to remember him, like a nomination slipping in when no one expected it because he did some movie no one saw. Okay, okay. (laughs) I think he was nominated for three, for Godfather 3. Okay. Um, And Melissa McCarthy, I almost feel like Melissa McCarthy has to be like an animated film she did or something. I don't know. Wasn't she nominated for Tammy? As an actress? Dude, I'm asking. You, I'm asking. And, you and Tammy, I don't Put know. I will. I will in a second. Hold on a second. I'm doing something else first. Jesus Christ. I just you have to what? say. Hey, I have to say. You're a fan. I don't know why you're getting on my case for bringing up, for bringing up her Wait, work as much as I Hang on a second. You're not a fan of hers? You've seen all of them, but you, you don't like her? I'm a fan. I didn't see The Heat. Okay, so. Oh. I didn't see Spies. I didn't see The Boss. Okay, I did see The Boss, regrettably. I have seen more of her movies than I've seen. All right, all right. I say Tammy is terrible. 
Um, that was, speaking of Ben Falcone, or Ben Falcone, uh, directed by her husband. Anytime the two of them are teaming up to do something together, steer clear of it. Wow. It's a vanity project that she's getting to do because she's made a, a hundred of millions of dollars for the studio. Um, I can't find on Andy so Garcia's... Then, so then what is the movie of hers that you... So what's the material of hers that you like? I enjoy Spy. I enjoy Bridesmaid. I enjoy... Um, what was the other one that Paul Feig directed? Uh, apparently, I'm a fan of his as well. Could have fooled me. <laughs> the heat. The heat is fun. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which one uh, Garcia was. Uh, you you look for Garcia. I'll look for whoever the other one was. Melissa McCarthy. I don't think she's been nominated for an Oscar. You can't trust these trivia pages. It's a bunch oh, are, we, are we back to IMD trivia page bullshit? Uh, well, that's where I pulled that one from. Are we, are we, are we, is that going to be another tag for the show again? <laughs> no, you don't have to put it in there. Oh, I will. Hey, <laughs> okay. I did it before. I'll do oh, it you'll again. do it again? All right. Well, then you just you better just put it in every week because... Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, um, I thought you and your, uh, your, your lady wife uh, were big fans of hers and saw all of her stuff. Uh, my wife is, uh, uh, my wife, my wife, I think my wife's a bigger fan of hers than I okay. am. I, I, I like her and I think she's talented, but I feel like she falls back a little too much on the character of, I don't know what's really appropriate to do or say, but I'm going to just blurt it out anyway. Gotcha. Melissa McCarthy was nominated for Bridesmaids. She co-wrote? No, she, she nominated as a as a uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Well, good for her. Absolutely good for her. I'm very excited yeah, about that. Let's see it. Uh, the, yeah, now that I know the secret of how to look it up, I I will have it for you just so a second. You cracked the code. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I, although, uh, it's funny though. I will say one thing though that was going through my mind throughout this movie. Yes. Uh, given this this uh, the supposed theme of. Uh, Women empowerment. Yes. I, I found it interesting how often they were referred to and referred to themselves as ladies. Agreed. I, I agree. And I know you don't want to hear this, <laughs> but I also couldn't help think of you, Adam Dooley. Oh, having said ladies the other day? Yes, having said ladies the last time. You know I was what? like, oh, Adam's going to feel right at home here. You know what? The ladies are in the house. <laughs> Obviously, you... Oh, the the expression you fucker comes to mind is a, is a favorite of mine. I, um, I, can't, I can't get out of that because I did say it here and I was recorded. However, I will say the following. Uh, I cannot be defined by one single moment uh, such as that. Um, no. And, Definitely not. Uh, so now, despite the fact that you just you came after me again, I will let you know that Andy Garcia, <laughs> Andy Garcia was nominated for a little something called The Godfather Part Three. Okay. So between the two of us, we got most of those. I never would have guessed uh, Bridesmaids at all. Um, for, for Melissa McCarthy. For Melissa McCarthy, yes. Uh, because it was such a, a just you you never get that in a comedy 
that kind of thing. There's two more things I wanted to say sort of in the trivia area. Also because you can count on one hand the yeah, number right. of has been nominated for a comedy. A exactly, so. exactly. Um, <laughs> there's a my, line... My, my, yeah. my, my lady wife has also given me the dinner. So oh, yeah. Good. You know what? I Never mind. Okay, I'm going to stay calm. I said you, I told them that they'd get food when they got it. And so that's what will happen to them. Um, uh, so hang on one second. Uh, let me make a note of the time. Maybe we don't have to have this be part of the show. Um, why not? All right, I'll leave it in. <clears throat> okay, and... What, all this bit about ladies? Yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake. Our wives are giving us a hard time. Um, well, those ladies. <laughs> those ladies. I didn't mean the other thing. No, no, no. Oh, okay. yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. were fully, fully uh, fair that you jumped on me. Okay, here's a, a worm, a snake eating its own tail piece of trivia. Yeah, do it. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, Bill Murray played Peter Venkman in the movies. He went on to play uh, on. Uh, he went on to do the voice of Garfield. <clears throat> Bill Murray did in the in the feature films. Sure. Okay. Um, the character of Peter Venkman on the animated version <clears throat> of the Ghostbusters was played by Lorenzo Music, who on television had done the voice of Garfield. <laughs> You just blew my mind. Uh, yes, I'm very proud of that uh, strange little connection. Um, that is, that is I wonder if Bill himself is aware of that. I, I don't think he would give a rat's ass. Um, Much like he didn't when he was performing <laughs> in this film. Yes. Well, and he wanted to be killed, and they, for all intents and purposes, he was killed. Spoiler alert. Um, but then you never saw a corpse being buried, so he still might turn up again. Uh, you sometime. never saw a corpse, period. <laughs> Other than, in fact, you stopped seeing a corpse the minute he jumped out the window. Um, to tell you that you know, but that's like another. Actually, that's another good example of of uh, the amateurishly handled comedy. Is yes. because he gets blown out the window, and then the next scene where it's we're seeing the reactions of people to. Supposedly his corpse on the ground. Right. We never, get that we never see it. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to talk about some trailers. Tr trailer talk? Uh, sure. Trailer it's, trash. Uh, we can do it real quick. It's Yeah, it's going to be because uh, two of them were things I'd seen already and I, I closed my eyes so as to not see them this time. And that was for Star Trek Beyond and um, Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Oh, wow. Okay. I have, I have six or seven of them. I'll just rattle them off real quick. Oh. Okay. Um, one is A Monster Calls, which is made from a book, and it has the voice of Liam Neeson as a giant tree-like monster who helps a boy on an adventure, whatever it is. Oh, you know, I heard they were going to do a Saturday morning cartoon show called The Liam Neeson Show. <laughs> I guess they made it into a movie instead. Yes, they did. Um, I closed my eyes during the trailer for Sully, the Tom Hanks starring oh, I saw that trailer. Stephen... The, yeah. Stephen... It, it yeah, it was a good thing you did because Steven you. Steven Soderbergh, you, yeah, it's you. You avoided. Um, it's not Soderbergh. No, Clint I e meant uh, Steven Spielberg. Or Clint Eastwood, as his oh, friends Clint called. Eastwood. <laughs> yes, you are correct. I am embarrassed. It's neither uh, Soderbergh nor Spielberg. It's Eastwood. Uh, yeah. 
something called Billy Lynn, which I can't remember what it was. Bridget Jones's baby. Oh, dear Lord. Which I actually gouged my eyes out and uh, stuck a, a nice pick in my ears during. Uh, another... And then you say right. And then you saw Renee Zellweger. Yeah, the exactly. New, the new and improved Renee Zellweger. Um, another Tom Hanks starer, which is the third installment in the Da Vinci oh, Code. Yeah, I saw that too. Inferno or something. Uh, Holy, what a ridiculous trailer! Yes, <laughs> I mean, it was just me, but it was like. There were like ten plot points revealed in that trailer. It seemed like the cliff notes. It's like what the hell? It seemed like it to me, but uh, but that's how all all um, trailers seem to me these days. Um, and then there was one I was actually interested, in, so I did close my eyes. Uh, the trailer for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, directed by Tim Burton. Didn't see that. Um, it's a book series that's creepy cool. And if he doesn't mess with the storyline, but just brings his creepy, cool aesthetic, I think it could be a match made in heaven. But uh, he has a tendency to monkey with storylines uh, to the point at which I don't enjoy the movie anymore. I was just about to say, prepare to be disappointed. Thank you, I will. Um, uh, yeah, by the way, the Sully thing. Yes, the, yes. Uh, you, you avoided seeing Tom Hanks look fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Because okay, they, no, because they, they they old him up with a like a so thinning it's almost bald. Yeah, bald face. cap. It just looks so oh wow fake and bad. Well, I'll I'm tell you really what. I'm really tired of Clint Eastwood, man. I'm really, really, really tired of him. I didn't entirely uh, miss him looking foolish because I did see the trailer for the Da Vinci Code sequel, um, and he looked pretty foolish there too. Well, at least he didn't have the Euro perv haircut that he had in the first. <laughs> That's true. Uh, You're all proof. Yeah, little progress has made. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as far as the Sully thing goes, it's like, it's like, there's not a story here, and they're trying to pretend that something happened, but we all know what happened, and that's as much as I need to know. I'm done. I'm it's, out. You know, it's, to me, it's the same. It's the same uh, conundrum as with uh, the Wire, the uh, the the Zemeckis film. Oh wow. Okay. It's that. Um, is that you have you have a, a documentary out there that is oh, right, right, right. so gripping and so riveting that there is no dramatization that is going to add right anything to the viewing experience. I and will yeah, some, you actually watch the, 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 the video produced for TV called Miracle on the Hudson, where they they're they're replaying all the cockpit all, all the cockpit dialogue. Yeah, yeah. The air traffic control, and they keep cutting to the footage from the cameras on the bottom of the plane and on the sides of the plane as it's happening in real time. Yeah, telling you, man, like what the fuck? You don't need this movie, right? And, this, and, and the whole thing about the movie is like, oh, was he a hero? Right. Oh, like, I'm not a hero. Like, you know what? Flight did it a lot better. Yeah, that's what I was I, thinking. I just tell from the trailer, Flight did this a lot better. That's what I thought, because I saw Flight, Denzel Washington. Um, who's that guy I like? Uh, Badge. Uh, Badge Dale, I think his name is, or Dale Badge would be more likely. Uh, the scene in the in the stairwell. Yeah. Oh, God, he was so great in that. Um, 
Yeah, I was thinking flight has already gone down here and it wasn't a true story. And But here's the thing. Here, I, I know you're a big documentary watcher and you've got Wire was the... <laughs> man on a Wire, was that what it was? Yeah, Man on a Wire. Right, yeah. Man on a Wire. Um, but there are millions of people who have never seen that documentary who might see the feature film version. Yeah, but, I know. It's but it turns out that the feature film version was seen by even fewer people than the documentary, I believe. Because no one cares. I, that came and went. I don't think. I don't think it was seen by hardly anybody. It can't have made its money back. Uh, I can't imagine that it did either. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They, they both seem like really odd choices to, yes. to ties. You know me. what's weird too is because that kind of thing, this, this Zemeckis uh, fictional version, the feature film version. It's the kind of thing that you might do as a like a, a pedigree project. Like the studio might go, oh, we know we're not going to make money, but we want to we wanna do something that has some cachet or whatever. But if there's right. already a documentary about it that exists, that burns all the cachet that's available for that subject. Just well, everyone stay is, at home. The thing is, too, is that there's so, much, uh, there's so much emotion and personality in the documentary that it's, it's, re it's really unfathomable. Right that a fictionalized version is going to do it better. It's going to do better justice than watching the actual people who were involved talk about it and get choked up with emotion and cry. And right, right, right. You know, it's, I don't know. And plus, you know, it's fake. That's the other thing, too. Yes. Is that there's not, the movie, the movie's doomed to fail because there's no suspense involved. You know he's not on the Twin Towers. Right, right. He's probably going to make it. So, <laughs> any moment yes. where, oh, he might slip. And it's like, well, we know he's not on top of the building. You haven't faked this out with your right, with your special effects, and you know, chances are he survives, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I got just, you. Clint, I think, just had the itch to like tell another story involving an old white guy, <laughs> and so he thought he saw Flight and said, eh, "That's not gonna eh, it ain't my movie." So he decided he's gonna take get off my DVR. That's right. Yeah, you get off my Hudson. Um, all right. Well, my last uh, one trailer I did see, which I don't think you saw oh, yeah, yeah. yet. Uh, I saw the trailer in, in a, you know, another well-timed, another another well, well-paired match. Yes. Yes. Um, the trailer for La La Land. Oh, how was it? Turned me around. I'll definitely see that. Oh, now. great! Good. Then you're in. I love I to hear that. It. I've yeah. not, I've not seen the trailer, but that's I'm glad to hear. That's cool. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give anything away in, in the trailer, but if you go through the experience of seeing the trailer... Yes. ...before you see the movie, even knowing what you know about La La Land, the trailer does a really great thing. Oh, cool. By cool. withholding something. All right, that's awesome. Um, listen, I don't even want to bother with last takes or final words on this, on this stinker. Uh, this is all going on long enough. Uh, so I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, it has been a, a decidedly a pleasure to discuss this with you. Uh, until it's next time. It's harder to listen to this than it did to actually watch the movie we're talking about. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, for once and uh, for now and for always, the doctors are out. <laughs> <laughs>